Welcome to the Present Fathers Podcast. This is the show that focuses on climbing the mountain of fatherhood together. We believe that dads matter. That's why this show is for you. So gear up, dads. Get ready. It's time to start climbing. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Present Fathers Podcast. My name is George. I'm joined with Brandon. Unfortunately, Dustin and Justin are not able to join us tonight, but we have a very special guest, Alex Camano. Alex is a Marine veteran, and uh, he works with men today to teach them uh, kind of mindset and growth, and he's a father of three. So Alex, thanks for joining, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, really excited to kind of hear your story and, and share it with other guys out there, and uh, hopefully they can learn from your example. So why don't we kind of start with the basics and uh, tell us a little bit about your family and uh, you know how many kids you got and how long you've been married and that kind of thing, and we'll go into your background. Got it. Well, so thank you again for having me. My name is Alex. Uh, I am the president and founder of Diesel Fitness, which is basically a system that I created to overcome you know our own inner demons our own negative self-talk which is something we obviously touch into but i created this to help change people's lives just like it has done for me this is the reason why i'm alive so in, yeah. in addition to having a beautiful family i have three boys one a 12 year old an eight year old and a three year old been married now for about 15 years uh both myself and my wife served in the marine corps which was an interesting part of our life and uh no, I'm excited to be here. So thank you so much for for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, we're, I'm pumped because uh, I, I watch you on social media and you get me jacked before I need to do my workout. So <laughs> you're great for motivation. Um, so why don't we let's start with the Marine Corps, right? That's obviously not easy to to be married. Both of you on active duty. So did you have kids during that time as well? We had our first son um, just on my way out. So we got out in 2012, January 2012. We had our first son right before I deployed, which was in March. Uh, he was born in March 2011. I deployed like right in April, a month later. So, and I was at the infantry. So it was definitely a, a lot of emotions on that. But the reason yeah. why I chose to, uh, well, we, I deployed shortly after that because of the fact that in 2009, uh, I wasn't able to go to that deployment, but we lost, you know, eight guys, eight close friends mm -hmm. of mine. And uh, at one point in between 2009 and 2011, we had a memorial for all of our guys that we lost. And, you know, you get, you have that sense of guilt that yeah. I should have been there. You know, I should have been there. Um, I got held back for a lot of different reasons. I did the work up, but you know, it's, it's nothing that we can do. You know what I mean? You just have that sense of guilt and you wanted to be there. You feel like I should have been there. And I remember some of the conversations that I had with those guys prior to, to them deploying, I got a couple of buddies that were killed by IEDs and mortar fire. And uh, in 2011, I decided to to go. I was not supposed to go on that deployment. I was supposed to get out uh, October 15th of 2011, but we wouldn't have come back until like November. Uh, so I had to extend my contract. I extended it to January 2012 and, you know, we did the tour, did the deployment. But I'm not going to lie. I did have a lot of emotional stuff, especially having my very first son, not having to go on that deployment i completely volunteered to go but you know fortunately i was uh nothing happened and i was able to make it home so it was definitely a, a blessing in its own yeah well i am uh i can appreciate you know um, mine was born after deployment but i can appreciate just the the ball of emotions you must have been going on deployment to begin with and then you know your firstborn um just happened so that's that's definitely not easy and i know there's a lot of guys 
in a very similar boat as you, you know, currently and in the past. So, um, definitely a challenge. Um, but so then you guys get out, right? Both of you got out of the Marine Corps basically the same time or how, how that all work out? She got out just a couple months before me. Uh, okay. I had to extend my contract to deploy. Uh, but no, we were both in Marine Corps. She got out in 2011, like December 2011, me in January. Uh, so just a couple months apart. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a decision that we needed to make because I think the dual military stuff would have been very complicated. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. We love the Marine Corps, but it's like, and I'm going to touch up on that. A lot of it was personal for me to get out and start a family at a young age uh, because of the fact that I didn't have my father uh, with me during my childhood ever since they were eight years old. Uh, he passed away in 2012, but I didn't have them. I didn't have him there mentally. I had him there physically. What I mean is that he developed a brain tumor when I was eight years old. His brain kept deteriorating. Uh, it just became more of a child. So I didn't have that male, that role model that, you know, we all need as kids, you know, as a, right. as a, as a boy coming up. And although I don't blame him for anything, obviously life happened. Uh, it, it impacted my life tremendously. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to start a family as young as possible. We got married when I was 21. She was like 19. And, uh, yeah, it's been a blessing ever since. So part of the reason why I created this, this system, as I mentioned, my, my, my coaching program or whatnot, is because I want to help people understand that you, yeah, we need to be present, but we just don't have to be present physically. We also have to be present mentally and everything is in conjunction with one another. You have to be present in your physical body as well, your physical attributes as well as your mental health. Everything is in conjunction. I didn't even know that until I started on this journey. Prior to this, I used to work in financial services. And uh, it was a, it was a very depressing moment, I would say, or month, I should say, like October, prior to October of last year. Um, yeah, there was a lot of depression, anxiety, you know, suicidal thoughts, alcoholism, all the all the negative things that lead someone to self-destruct. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm grateful to be here. So can we can we dig into that a little bit? Because I know there's a lot of um, a lot of guys out there and especially like new fathers, right? It's it's that's a hard adjustment for anyone, um, others too, of course, but, uh, you know, leaving the military, then you're starting a family. That's a lot. I kind of did the same thing, you know, had a new one, left the military shortly after. And, uh, that, that's a pretty hard adjustment for a lot of people. Um, and so can you talk in now to a little bit of the, the struggles you had specifically with like alcoholism, the other things that were really holding you back and then, um, you know, kind of what impact that was making on your life and, and the life of your family and kind of what got you to a point where, um, you know, you started making a change. Cause I think there's a lot of people out there struggling and hurting with a lot. And, uh, you know, you're, you're obviously thriving now. So it, it'd be good for, for guys out there to hear your story and to hear that just because you've made mistakes or just because you've struggled doesn't mean it's going to stay that way and you can make a difference. Yeah. I think, People don't really understand how destructive those vices are. You know what I mean? A lot of us drink to escape a certain emotion. You know what I mean? We drink to escape a long week at work or a long day at work. Um, you know, and, and that's just that's just a false. You know, that's just a lie. We don't we're basically escaping an emotion that we're meant to go through. So I didn't really understand or acknowledge the fact that I had an alcohol problem until I started seeing myself looking in a non-pleasant way if you will just looking up being overweight just having you know not being able to do certain exercises for my kids and certain things and the problem is i've been working out for a very long time you know for about 20 years or so and my body changed and like i got my results and then went back to 
you know, being fat again. It just, it was a roller coaster of things. And what I discovered is that once you let go of the alcohol is when everything really starts being more aligned physically as well as mentally. When alcohol became a problem for me, I think also being in the military, I think it's just part of the community. You want to deal since you can't do other stuff, obviously you can't smoke and do any other stuff. And I did some of that stuff part of the military, but during the military, I think it was just a thing to, to drink yourself stupid on the weekends because all oh, work sucks and this, that, and yep. the other. Um, but I think it made the most, uh, it affected me the most last year. We moved to a new neighborhood here in North Carolina after living in California for a while. We came to North Carolina and uh, we bought our first home. Then we started, you know, mingling with neighbors, started meeting new people. And uh, since I was home, I had the time. So we both had the time. We worked from home and we were looking for that validation. What are the neighbors doing? What are the neighbors doing? And these are people that we hung out with all the time. Like we go hang out at their house and we have what I call, you know, useless conversations. You know, we don't talk about ideas. I've always known inside of me that I wanted more for my life. We all have that burn inside of us that we want more of our life. And that itch, you know, that's our conscious speaking to us. Um, but when you surround yourself with certain people and all you talk about is other people or just gossip, you know, those are red flags right there that I didn't pick up on. But I was constantly asking myself, what are the neighbors doing? I need a drink. I need a drink. I need a drink. And it just became so self-destructive that it, again, it came to a point where I was really depressed, uh, had a lot of anxiety issues and just kind of like the residue of the, the military background. And um, yeah, I put a gun to my head in October and almost took myself out. But then I heard a knock on my on my door and watched my watched my son knocking on my door. And that's what that's what put put things into perspective. Uh, he definitely saved my life uh, in that moment. So there's a lot of things, you know, not only I'm grateful for um, not only him being present, having my family, but most importantly, putting pride aside as a man and asking for help. That's one of the things that we as men sometimes talk about it's like nobody really cares about us which part of it is i would say is true like man we're supposed to handle our stuff right we're supposed to like be strong be be macho or whatnot um but i needed to ask for help i had to put pride aside i reached you know my personal uh to my mentor and uh been on this journey ever since quit alcohol cold turkey quit smoking cold turkey sold the house like literally it was just so spontaneous we just decided to get out of there and it's been the best decision that i've ever that we've ever made so that's one of the reasons why I'm alive, honestly. Wow, that's so good. And that's 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 such a telling thing that, you know, your kid is there at the right time. You know, I feel like that's just that's that's such a, a perfect moment to to kind of, I don't know, uh, analyze things because you, you know, you're at this 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 cliffside and your kid is like the the unconditional love and, and the person that just kind of you know, they're just always that person that refills you. So it just at the right time you had that refilling. And so that's beautiful, man. Um, and I appreciate you opening up and about that. So can you describe, cause you had mentioned that you, you've been working out for about 20 years or so. Can you describe the role fitness played in your recovery process? Um, like how did it help you mentally and physically? Fitness to me, um, I listen to a lot of personal development speakers. And one of the things that, uh, I'm going to give credit to this guy called uh, Bedros Koulian. I don't know if you've ever, ever heard of him, but he says something about fitness being the gateway drug to solving pretty much all of life's problems. A lot of people may not really understand that. I fully agree with it because your fitness, your physical fitness is also attached to your mental health. Obviously, when you when you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, you perform good. And when you're performing good, you're having a direct communication with the universe, obviously, because you're sending out positivity. The universe is going to mirror that. 
and it's going to send you that back. So I, it all starts with fitness. Even though I was working out for 20 years, I failed to realize that I was giving other people too much validation or too much of their opinion of my life, just kind of like wanting their presence, wanting to be around people. And I think a lot of people really need to embrace their own solitude. Solitude for me is what saved my life as well. I needed to really be alone, drown out all the noise and just be with my thoughts and let me know uh, or ask myself, what is my value? What is my self-worth? Who is this guy? I mean, I've gone over IEDs in the past. I've been in multiple car accidents. One that was truly significant in 2004, where honestly, I should not be here. But I'm thinking that everything is coming from a divine source, from a higher place. And uh, I was in search of that answer. Like, why am I still here? Um, so my son knocked at the right time. And again, thing with fitness, it's once I cut out everything, it's when I truly found out that, hey, okay, this is, my body's gonna respond accordingly. And uh, I am a huge, huge advocate, as you can see for on my social media, that fitness is life, fitness is everything. And when everything's in conjunction, not only your physical health, your mental, your mental health will respond accordingly as well. And the universe will just send you everything that you ask for it. So it's, that's kind of how my journey has been with fitness. And uh, I just want to be a vessel of positivity for everybody. I love that, man. Uh, I agree. I think, uh, especially as men, I think there's something about moving your body that we're just so like primally in tune with that, you know, even if you're not gonna be like a bodybuilder or whatever, just doing something that's physically challenging, there's something that unlocks in us. Uh, and it just kind of gives you that mindset as a result of it um, overall. But uh, I wanted to go back to, you know, you said you reached out for help after, you know, holding the gun to your head. So what did what did the help look like? What what was that? And what kind of, you know, was it other people in your life? Was it a program? Like who, who else was around you to help kind of turn you back in the right path? So I followed this gentleman. His name is Wes Watson. And Andy Frisella, Wes Watson, Bedros Koulian. I've always had a, a a passion for personal development. I knew that burning inside. Like I really wanted to work on myself. Again, it's your conscious speaking to you. So I had to put that pride aside and just say, you know what? I actually can't do this on my own. So I have to ask for help. And I've been watching him for a very long time. Um, he's just very raw. If you ever listen to, if you ever Google him or, or YouTube him, he is very brutal, like no filter. And that's, I think as a veteran, that's, that's kind of how I learn. A lot of people have different styles of learning. I want the in your face drill instructor sort of thing. And he was just like that. Like he, it was music to my ears. It was basically as, as raw and like, you know, no filter. I needed that because I believe too much of the kindness, too much of the soft approach creates a lack of accountability. So I didn't want the lack of accountability. I already had experienced that for a great deal of my, of my life, a great part of my life. But so I reached out to him, got started on the program. I think we dropped about $8,000 or so to start, you know, not only the physical aspect of it, but just the whole transformation, like the transformation of the, the internal stuff, cutting out all the vices, waking up at a certain time. Like I started waking up around 3, 3.30. Lately, I haven't because the family wants to come a bit of the gym. So, but normally I like to wake up around 3.30 simply because it's a very, very uncomfortable time. And I don't have to be anywhere. You know what I mean? Like if you have to go to a job or somewhere, it's probably miserable. You're probably complaining the whole entire time, but you have to go do that. I don't have to wake up at 3.30. I do it because it's miserable and I'm overcoming one challenge at the start of my day. It's kind of like the voices you have. Uh, I know you've seen like the little angel and little devil on your shoulders. It's your yeah. conscious. conscious. Your conscious speaks to you. And I believe that your conscious is direct communication with, with our creator. It's coming from a divine source. So when you listen to, hey, Alex, don't do this. 
better not do that or Alex do that and you better act on it. But sometimes we're like, nah, we don't, we're not going to do that. So, you know, I started listening more to, to that. You know what I mean? Like I needed to take action. So it's, uh, again, it's been, it's been a, a magnificent journey for me. And this is why I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for every obstacle, for everything that has happened to me, because that's what makes us who we are, the transformation, the pain, the suffering, and, uh, it's just part of our journey. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm like, I like how you ended there saying gratefulness because, you know, we've actually talked on this several times now and our, our, we had a recent guest really talk about how important that is. You know, every successful person stacks gratitude. They're grateful for another day of life. And I think that that's just such a beautiful perspective to we get so caught up in the day to day or, you know, our problem is like this, you know, putting the blinders on in front of our eyes. But if you just take that second and, and be grateful for either the challenge or one good thing that's happening to you, it kind of helps shift your perspective back out of your own, you know, your pain and you can see the bigger picture. But, um, yeah, I just, I love how motivated you are, man. And the, the concept of just waking up because it's hard and it's uncomfortable and you're kind of that way you've, you've already succeeded at one thing at the very beginning of the day, you've kind of, you're already on the path, uh, to conquering, you know, whatever challenge that day throws at you. So that's a pretty cool little uh, trick. And I've, I've actually kind of recently mimicked a similar thing. Uh, of waking up a lot earlier than I needed to, to, to wake up and kind of do some tasks every morning, regardless of what day it is. That way I've, I've similar thing, you know, I feel like I've accomplished something, but. Um, that's that's yeah. kind of the thing, bro. Like a lot of people, again, they're too comfortable. You know, I think getting too much stuck on the, on the comfort zone is what create, creates a weak individual. You have to do the uncomfortable stuff. And a lot of people, it's so easy to preach that. It's so easy to duplicate what somebody says on social media or, or, or a motivational post, but most people don't live that because it's yeah. uncomfortable. It's miserable. Like I said, I wake up around 3.30 on most days, but not recently. So because, again, it's uncomfortable, and then you start your day with a positive emotion. I, I, I call it like stacking W, stacking wins, right? You wake up at an uncomfortable time. That's one win. Then I drive to the gym. And if you haven't seen, I document everything. I document sometimes me driving to the gym, when I get to the gym, then my first workout, different workout with a positive message. My life is so like structured in going outwards, meaning putting service, being of service to people, trying to provide you know, value. Uh, because again, I should not be here. So I don't take every day, I don't take this for granted. I take this as an opportunity that I've, that I've been given from a divine source. Uh, for a higher calling, for a higher purpose. And it took me this long to finally understand what that purpose is. And that's just to be of mass servitude to a lot of people. Because there's a lot of people in pain. There's a lot of people who are suffering, but they don't even know how to let go of those things, those habits. And that's probably because a lot of different factors. They're too much in their own head. They're too comfortable. And they're also associated with the wrong people. The people who give them that validation, probably the negative validation, like it's okay. It's okay um, to drink a few once in a while. It's okay to, you know, go excessively in food i completely disagree i think those people are contributing to your failure you know to each his own I, I i don't i don't condone alcoholism to each his own everybody wants if somebody wants to drink cool i'd rather not because i know where it took me and it took me to a place where i almost ended my life and that's because of all those factors alcohol the, the negative associations uh, but again, to touch back on the me reaching out to to my mentor, I reached out to him and he gave me pretty much a platform and it's been in direct communication with me because I needed somebody in my face, uh, metaphorically speaking, to just kick me in the ass. You know what I mean? Just kind of wake me up. And 
my life back on track because it is not about me. Like I tell you, it's not about you. It's about your kids. It's about your loved ones, about your family. And even if you don't have kids, eventually you want to start a family. So you have to master yourself so that you could be a source of inspiration to whoever you bring into your life. And I said this a couple months ago in regards to kids. People talk about, oh, our kids owe us this, our kids owe us that. Our kids don't owe us anything. We brought them here. We created them. We owe them the best version of ourselves. Because they don't, they cannot, and they should not look past the front door for inspiration. That's very good, and and I, I love that you mentioned your your structure now. Like you have a lot of structure in your life, a lot of discipline. How did that structure and discipline look when you were struggling? Were you was there any, um, or was 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 it kind of similar? Um, where was where was that structure at? Because I I feel like a lot of dads they don't have any structure or discipline, and they're in that comfort like you were discussing. And I think that's where they kind of get in those slumps. And so I was just wondering for you personally, did you have structure and discipline when you were struggling uh, mentally? I didn't even think I knew who I was. You know what I mean? I know I had a, a beautiful family and I love my family dearly, but I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what my purpose was. I didn't know why I was I kept alive after surviving a horrible car accident in 2004. Um, I didn't really didn't have no structure. Again, I've been working for myself and I just been at home and I had all the time. I didn't wake up at an earlier time. I didn't do what's, what wasn't convenient. You know, I didn't do the inconvenient stuff. I didn't do the uncomfortable stuff. So I was too comfortable. When you're too comfortable, your body responds in, 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 in that fashion. A lot of people get too comfortable eating the stuff that gives you that rush of dopamine. Everybody wants that rush of dopamine, what feels good. Because, man, again, we make decisions on two different factors, what, you know, to avoid pain and to seek pleasure. But too much of that pleasure seeking is what leads people to being overweight, being dependent on other things. And uh, I think we live in times right now where it's, you know, it's um, people becoming too depending on a lot of different factors, you know, getting help and all this different stuff from like the government or whatnot. I think everybody should be independent, you know, work on yourself, master yourself in every area of your life so that you don't have to depend on nobody but you. Exactly. Yeah. We live in an era where it's kind of, it's always someone else's fault, right? It's like the whole victim mentality and uh, I'm with you, man. It, it Look inward first. What what can I fix? What can I do uh, in myself? What can I affect within my family? That's that's the place most people need to look. But uh, to that point, so with all the with all this transformation and, and self improvement, and uh, you know mastering yourself, how has that changed the way that you parent your kids now? Um, you know, have you have you adapted the things that you've learned? into creating structure for your children or, you know, just kind of talk through some of that, what you've learned and how you've applied it um, so that other dads can kind of pick up on that as well and hopefully implement it themselves. So my kids are not, they're not dumb. My kids are very intelligent. I mean, they're all crazy in their own and unique in their own ways. But my oldest son, I think what, what changed uh, to kind of touch back on something, what changed for me is also when he started questioning like, daddy, why are you and mommy drinking? Why are you and daddy, I mean, mommy smoking? Like, it kind of brought things into perspective that they're watching, they're watching. So you have to understand that you have to, you are setting the example. They're watching you because they're not going to do what you tell them to do. They're going to do what you show them or what you do. So you have to set the example for yourself. And I think that right now what they, what they constantly watch is this structure, this disciplined father that makes it a non-negotiable uh, part of my life. I have to go to the gym sometimes twice a day. Like today we drove about six or seven hours. I needed to get that workout. I needed to release 
any negative internal states. And any negative internal states can only be replaced through a positive uh, source. And that source for me is fitness. I get my mind in check. I get my body in check. I'm constantly, in, I would say, in a meditative state, so to speak, when I'm actually working out. Because I know that the benefit is I'm getting that rush of dopamine that we were talking about before, but it's also bettering me. So I'm not looking for external sources like alcohol or anything like that. So they see that discipline, they see the structure, uh, and they they duplicate it. You know, my oldest son goes to the gym with me uh, and my wife. Uh, my middle son, eight-year-old, he's a animal, a soccer. This kid is constantly like studying soccer. Me and my wife always have him like watch, you know, his his favorite athletes. So sports are becoming a very important thing to him. And my youngest son, he just, just duplicates whatever his his older brothers do. So he's just about the same. But they constantly watch me. They constantly see me on the phone or doing something towards the lines of personal development, which that's all we can do. Just kind of leave leave that visual, so to speak, for them to duplicate on their own because we're not going to be here forever. So, And I don't want them, again, to go past the front door for inspiration because eventually they run into, they get older, they'll probably, you know, they'll go to middle schools and high schools and they'll right. probably get influenced in some way. But we can only do whatever we can do at this point for them to not make those choices, those poor choices. And it all starts, you know, right now at the young age. Yeah. Just a personal example that completely aligns with you talking about how, you know, setting that example, they're going to emulate it. My my daughter the other day was just like, Dad, can you get me some like vegetables? Because I want to start eating healthy. Like I, I don't really like beat her up about how she eats. She just, you know, she sees me eating healthy and like trying to be fit and everything. And she's like, I want to do that, too. So. It, it is, um, we really take for granted how much the, the little things we're doing on a daily basis that they're internalizing, and that's going to become who they are as adults, um, so much of it. So I'm really glad you honed in on, you know, how leading by example as a father is probably one of the most important things we need to do. Yeah, and I, I don't think people realize how much they're actually watching. Like they see everything and their brains are just little sponges. And so if you're not modeling the right behaviors, you know, you're setting up a setting your kid up for, for failure, essentially. And so it's it's super important to model the right thing for sure. Absolutely. Now, Alex, can you go, right, ahead. go ahead, Brandon? No. no, you're good. You're good. Go ahead. Well, I was I, gonna I, ask Alex, can you can you now talk us through a little bit of what your coaching and, and mentoring looks like for men and, and how you're working with, with those guys and, um, you know, how, how you're making a difference. You're kind of paying it forward now, right? You've learned all this stuff and, and through your, what you're doing, you're making a, a greater impact just beyond yourself. Yeah. So for me, when it comes to my program, people ask me, you know, what is it that like you do? Um, I sort of describe the things that I don't do anymore. Uh, I don't drink, I don't smoke. So I removed all the vices. I removed anything that doesn't serve my purpose. And again, it took me a while to find out what my purpose is. And it's basically to serve the masses. And fitness did it for me. So what I want to do, what what this is designed to do is basically more of a mindset development. Because fitness, I guess, is too saturated. Everybody has a fitness program, this, that, and the other. But what I would say differentiates me uh, from a lot of other coaches is basically some of these people will build you something, just kind of let you figure it out. I'm more like that voice in your shoulder. Like, hey, bro, why are you missing a meal? Why'd you miss that workout? It's that sense of accountability that a lot of us lack because when we have that conversation sometimes with ourselves, it's easy to tell ourselves, you know what, man, I'm sore. I don't feel like going to the gym. I don't feel like waking up. Like my conversations again, and if I could be raw, is every morning when that alarm goes off at 3:30, that voice says, Hey, Alex, dude, you're comfortable, man. Like it's it's 
it's cold, man. And go back to bed. You got nowhere to be. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I got something to do. You know what I'm saying? So I just go straight and and don't even think. I just go and 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 put out the what what I want to put out. And that's just that I'm overcoming that negative self-talk. I'm overcoming any doubts, any insecurity. And I'm just going to go service. You know, and that's why I document everything to show people that. You could overcome that negative internal state. You could overcome that negative self-talk if you just come up with a blueprint for yourself. And that's all this is all it is. Basically a blueprint to overcome that negative mindset and work on yourself physically. When you work on yourself physically, you also address your mental health. And it's 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 only conjunction with one another. Some people look at fitness or going to the gym as an inconvenience, or they treat it as a hobby. When in reality, you're also mental health. And if you don't have good physical fitness, you're going to have poor mental health because you don't like the way that you look. You're not going to feel good. And everything is just going to be responding according to that. Because if you're acting negatively, the universe is going to pick up on that. People are going to see that. You wake up in the morning, you don't like the way that you look in the mirror, immediately you have a negative emotion. You're going to respond negatively for the rest of the day. So I structure this to basically be that that voice in the people. you know, And that's, it's not just men, women as well. Uh, to overcome the negative self-talk and again, just address the physical flaws and everything's in conjunction. So we do one weekly call with the clients every day to address the mindset. I post a lot of that stuff on social media. Everything on social media for me is is like my day-to-day life, just me being as transparent as possible. And I think it was difficult for me at the beginning because as a veteran, I was very, uh, very reserved. I didn't want people to know about my personal life. And I'm probably rolling the dice on this one, but I am being called for a higher purpose. So I have to shut that voice aside or put it to the side and say, you know what? People need to watch me. Right now we live in a digital world that people want to see you on the internet, right? They want to see who you are and they want to see your authenticity. So what I show on my social media is my authentic self. And I could talk about one thing and people be like, kind of crazy that he said that, but right now he's talking about this or just completely, like could be a complete angel in one video. And then in the other video it could be like raw and brutal. But that's just me. I could turn off that switch. I could be just on and off, you know, moments of compression, moments of compassion. I could be funny. I could be goofy. I could be entertaining. And that's just I'm being called to do this. So it's very uncomfortable at the beginning just to kind of be open, you know, on social media. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely putting yourself out there, you know, and once it's on the Internet, it's there. So um, I I really like how you said you have to treat fitness like it's non-negotiable. Right. And so I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is especially when they're just starting out it's like a thing they have to do it's like an extra task they don't treat it as something that's like like you eat food you have to sleep you can't you can't make those disappear right so you have to treat fitness as important as that right this is something i have to do every day and then everything else you know if something has to budge it's something over here it's not my workout or whatever and even if it's a crappier workout because you're tired or whatever it's still you know it's that positive feedback loop you've been talking about kind of set in your mind right and everything. But I think Brandon, you had a question. Yeah. So we were talking about fitness and stuff. Um, some people suggest that uh, an addiction gets replaced with another, right? Um, and in your case, uh, one could argue that fitness became your new addiction when you were turning, uh, turning your life around, right? Um, how do you view this? Do you, do you agree with that statement? I agree. I think when it becomes, um, when you're, when you're passionate, uh, after what I've experienced, when you're passionate about life, when you recognize that blessings are in your life, your spouse, your significant other, your children, um, and then the fact that we only have one shot at this thing in life, we only have one shot, and people just trash it by making poor choices, kind of like compound interest. All these poor choices we just compound over time, 
And then you're gonna look back at yourself five years after, you're like, damn, I made a lot of poor choices. Like, I wish I could just turn my life around. So to me, fitness is an addiction. Uh, I have to do it. Like the other day when I drove to Miami, we literally drove like 12, 14 hours. And as soon as I get there, I tell my wife, I got to go to the gym. I got to go to the gym. She's like, well, can you help us unpack? No, I got to go to the gym, dude. Like I have to release all these 12 hours or whatever of discomfort, driving and all the kids yelling in the background. This is my moment. Just shut off the world, be in my thoughts and just work on myself physically. So I agree. I think, you know, it, it's become an addiction, but it is a good addiction because your body is going to respond. And then once you let go of the bad addictions, you're going to start looking at yourself like, man, I'm, I'm freaking jacked. Like, I'm, I like the way that I look. Yeah. I like the way that I feel. <laughs> and uh, people obviously right. look at you with a different perspective because if you see a guy that, you know, is absolutely jacked, like he's in the greatest shape possible, people will be like, you know what? I could depend on that person because it also benefits you in business. People will see you like, hey, he's... He has accountability. He has discipline because look at the way he appears. He's, look at the way that he takes care of himself, take care of his health. Um, so fitness is an extremely important thing. And people just got to stop looking at it as an inconvenience or as a chore. Like I'm just going to work out and people just go to the gym. Like they drive 20, 30 minutes just to go walk on a treadmill. Like, hey, if that's you, cool. If you want to go to the gym just to walk on a treadmill, that's fine. But pick up a weight. You know what I'm saying? Like it's going to benefit you more. Uh, in the long run to burn the body fat. that's a lot of uh, a lot of things that people don't understand about fitness they think that just happening on a treadmill for three hours is going to get you the result it's right oh, it's like take the stairs don't take the elevator i mean there's little right. things you can do just throughout the day that are like making you healthier you know and it doesn't have, it's not like it has to be some massive program you're not competing for some huge competition you can still be significantly healthier with just little tweaks you know but yeah. um man i wanted to go back to you made the comment about like who you're surrounded with and you know, for you personally, you know, the whole keeping up with the Joneses thing was like really messing with you. And, uh, you know, they were obviously a negative influence. You know, you felt like you had to drink when you're around them and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, it's, it's almost like in our world we live in today, every, you know, if you try and break the norm and you try and better yourself, it's like, they're all the claws trying to bring you back down. Right. So what, what is your advice for people especially dads out there trying to like literally make a change in their life to, uh, you know, make a generational impact personally, but also for their kids and, and how to block out all those naysayers or to kind of cut ties with people that you need to. Cause I think that that's, that's a really messy subject for a lot of people. Uh, and it's very difficult to do, but I, obviously you figured out a very good way to do it. So I'd love to hear your perspective on that. I think it all comes to your personal value. Again, you have to be comfortable with yourself. You have to take a, a moment and embrace solitude. At least for me, that helped me. I had to, I had to be alone and drown out the noise to ask myself, like, why am I still here? Why am I alive? You know, what, what's my purpose? And uh, sometimes we get too caught up on trying to get other people's approval. Like for us in, my, in our last neighborhood, I think that the reason why we got to that point is because that was our very first neighborhood, the very first home that we've ever purchased. Prior to that, we lived in California. We did the rental thing and it wasn't it wasn't really an environment to for us to meet other people. So and then we moved to, to back to North Carolina. We purchased our first home and everybody, you know, we we were introduced to other people when we first moved there. So when other families started to move in, we wanted to do the same thing, you know, just kind of introduce ourselves and introduce them to everybody. And these are the people that we hung out with every weekend, uh, multiple times a week. We'd go and and have dinner together, we cook for each other and stuff like that, and we drink and whatnot. But uh, it just came to a point when you know inside yourself that 
you're worth more or that you want more out of life. At one point, you have to prioritize yourself. You got to prioritize your family and just cut out the people who are not aligned with your purpose. If And one of the things that did it for me, if I could share, my wife mentioned something one time that she wanted to buy a vehicle. I think it was like a Cadillac Escalade. She wanted to buy an Escalade. That's like her dream car at the time. And they were questioning it. Like, why would you want to escalate when you can buy yourself like a Tahoe or something? I'm thinking, she wants a fucking escalate. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you tell me, Alex, I want to buy myself a Bentley, it is my obligation as your friend to support you. It's my obligation to encourage you. What can I do, George, to support you in your dream? How can I be of service to you, brother? I, I love that, man. A Bentley is a sick car. You may not need a Bentley, but who am I to like, you know, shit all over your dream. I have to support you. I made that commitment to you as your friend to support you in your dream. So when people start questioning those things, my level of ambition, I'm not making any poor choices. Like, man, I need to shoot up drugs or anything. And I was simply saying, I want to better myself. When they question that, it just raises red flags for me. And I had to cut people out. So to kind of answer the question, you have to understand, like, if the people around you don't support your dream, don't support your vision, you have to create space. You have to distance yourself because you don't owe anybody anything. You owe you. You have to work on yourself because at the end of the day, when you have a family, this person that you're with, your wife, she made a commitment. She made a promise to you to support you and be with you. So you owe her and you also owe your kids the best version of you, the best man that you could definitely be so that you could set the example. And for me, it was the fact that I didn't have my father to teach me how to be a man. I didn't have my father. My mother had to be mother, father, husband, wife, only one person. When my dad got sick, she had to take on that role. She had to go to work and, you know, provide for the family. My dad was just there. He couldn't, you know, really influence me in any way growing up. So I technically grew up in the street in, in Jersey. I grew up in the Jer in Jersey, New York City. So fortunately, I didn't make any poor choices of joining any gangs or being a criminal and stuff like that. But that was the environment. I just knew from a very young age, I wanted to be great. My father back uh, in the early 80s, uh, he got drafted. The Yankees were looking for him. The Yankees, the Minnesota Twins. Uh, but unfortunately, he couldn't make that choice because at that time, he only had six months left to complete his uh, his uh, law school in Dominican Republic, where, where we were born, where I was born. And uh, my grandfather asked the Twins and Yankees, can you guys wait six months uh, until he's done? They're like, nope. Otherwise, he would have gone to the Yankees. So he made everything possible ever since I was four or five years old for me to follow baseball or any sports and just kind of be successful at that. Either that or to become a lawyer, which not is not something that I wanted to do. I don't like reading like that. But uh, it was definitely sports. And then, you know, got to high school, started making poor choices, started being around negative, you know, that environment and the ghost, my sports uh, career. But again, I don't I don't look at life with with any regrets. I think you know, everything that happened in the past is just learning experiences. There, there's really no mistakes. I look at it as lessons. What can you learn from this outcome? You know what I mean? And it just don't repeat it again. You don't, you don't want to do that. That That's right. kind of like stuck on stupid sort of thing. You make a mistake and just kind of keep repeating it. Yeah. You want to learn from that. Like, what can I, what could I do differently? So that's, exactly. that's sort of the, the culmination of everything that have got me to this point. Yeah. I just, a, a phrase that really stuck with me. I had a commander call them uh, training scars, right? So you, mm -hmm. you make a, you make an error, uh, you know, especially as like a young leader, you, you, you mess up and it, especially if it's really public, but you get a little scar, right? And then the next time you have to make a similar decision, you, you remember that scar. So you don't make that, you don't keep repeating that. And th that just like really stuck with me. Cause I'm like, man, that applies to everything in life. You know, any, any, any time you mess up, if you can take that as an opportunity to be like, okay, that sucked. 
not going to do it again, but now I'll remember next time, right? I don't, I don't want to get another cut. <laughs> so, I love how like your your mentality is just so driven and so focused too. Um, but you, you know, you said you got kind of pulled away in high school and made some bad choices. So, with your experience and knowing what you know, how are you influencing your your kids to to be resistant to that kind of hey, come with us mentality, right? Hey, come do these bad decisions with us you know outside of just personal example do you sit them down and have direct conversation about that or you know what's your strategy around that absolutely me and my wife don't really shield them too much from what they will see they eventually will see it they eventually will see people cussing and people acting a fool and stuff like that they question it they're very intelligent to see that like they see you know why is that that lady doing that or why she look drunk or all this stuff, like we were in Miami, you see a bunch of like homeless people, a lot of them look like drug addicts and they question that. So we have those conversations. And at the end of the day, like we have to be transparent with them because they're going to see it eventually. There's a lot of people out there that try to shield and protect their kids from absolutely everything. You have to kind of let your kid, your kids experience life. Not given, don't just like let them loose and just kind of, you know, go about and just try everything. But it's like, listen, this is what these choices will lead you. Like, for example, like if you eat excessively, this is what's going to do this. Is, you know, this is going to lead you to if you eat, you know, uh, if you drink a lot, like for us in our case, when he saw that this is going to get you, it's going to get you drunk. So I want them to understand that the consequences of poor choices, we do have those conversations. But again, I'm not going to try to shield them or protect them from everything and just have a miserable life. I'm not going to rob them of their childhood or, or rob them from seeing the world. I think that my kids. Fortunately, I'm very blessed that they're, at least right now, they they comprehend some of our thoughts. They comprehend our discipline. They, so we do have those those conversations with them. We do have those uh, those moments in which I do want the personal development. Me and my wife, my wife is very spiritual, and we have our kids meditate. We have our kids practice affirmations. We have our kids, you know, basically look in the mirror and tell themselves, this is who I am. I'm I'm this, that, and the other. Everything that they want to be, but they say it in a way as they're already in possession of that, rather than a wish. You know, they are already in possession of that, which goes in conjunction with gratitude. And we talked about gratitude earlier, being grateful. Gratitude is also action. It's not about simply saying, "Oh, I'm grateful for this, that, and the other." Well, action. What are you doing to one deserve what you got? Right? How can I better myself? Being grateful for this life will require your action to preserve that life. And that is through your physical fitness, that is through your personal, you know, every your daily choices. Who are you surrounding yourself with? What are you eating? What are you drinking? What decisions are you making? What kind of information are you absorbing every single day? So for me and my wife, uh, we make it a, I would say so like a ritual. We practice a lot of meditation, a lot of personal development work, and we want our kids to see that. We want our kids to see every up and down in our life because it's all learning experience. Some people were like, why don't want my kids to see me this way? They have to. They have to see you suffer. They have to see you going through pain. But most importantly, they have to see you overcome that pain because eventually they're going to face that and they're going to be prepared or they're going to be vulnerable to that experience. And then, you know, life is just going to step right all over them. So they have to see everything about you, not just the goody goody stuff or the beautiful stuff. They have to see you in your darkest moments as well. But obviously you have to make be uh, make the wise decision. There's certain things that they obviously cannot see, but they have to see you overcome. That's what I'm trying to get to. Right. Yeah, you gotta be gotta be transparent with them and age appropriate, of course, you know, kinda yeah. explain the situation to them. 
but you're you're teaching them those life skills that they're absolutely going to need at some point. You know, hopefully it's minimal, but you know, life yeah. happens. So yeah, but you go ahead. Yeah. So you're you're discussing first uh, earlier. You were discussing supporting other people's dreams um, and and how how crucial it is. And you're talking about your kids and raise your kids and. You know, I, I think there's such a balance um, when we're supporting other people's dreams, like even if they want a Bentley, you know, or whatever kind of car, because it's important how we support them. So um, what specific way do you support people in their dreams? So, for example, like um, I ask people, are, are you um, interested in it or are you committed? Right. Like I, 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 I give them a little bit a, a sense of realism, like if you really want this dream. How are you going to achieve it? You know, and so how? What are the ways that you kind of help test and hold your friends or your 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 kids accountable in any dream that they're pursuing? I think a lot of that comes with the journey. You know, let them under, have them understand that it's not going to be easy. There's going to be moments of where you're going to question it because most people don't understand that the work requires. Everybody wants to get in shape, but a lot of people don't want to put the work. Everybody wants to be successful, but nobody's willing to work 20 freaking hours. You know what I'm saying? Like, or have sleepless nights or wake up early. It all comes at a price. And that price is going to come through time and effort, blood, sweat, and tears. But, you know, my job, whenever I have those conversations with people, I just remind them of that. And I could be, I try to be a supporting source. You know what I mean? I, I try to let them understand, like, it's going to require work. It's going to require this. Like some of my clients talk to me about, their marital situations like alex what would you think about this what would you think about that and i'm grateful that somebody calls me for that i mean we've been married now for 15 years so i think i kind of know a little bit about marriage and it's been a a roller coaster for us like most people have like this sort of a cinderella story where it, it starts good then it gets bad or whatnot like for us it was just war from the beginning uh it was just a battle <laughs> simply because so both me and my wife were in the marine corps and uh, I was a grunt. I was in the infantry. My wife was a radio operator, and she was stationed in a different in a different uh, base. And you know, George, how it is in the military. Everybody talks about different branches, like yeah, yeah, like you know, who's 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 the best. It's all just right. you know, all fun and games. But the Marine Corps also has this thing. So she was in the air wing with just no grunts, no infantry people there. So when she was the youngest Marine in her unit, when they knew that she started dating me. They made her life a living hell. They basically gave me all these labels without even knowing me, without even shaking my hand or meeting me. All they said, oh, he's a grunt. He's going to beat you. He's going to cheat on you. He's going to take your money. I'm like, fool, I'll make my own money, man. I'm active duty as well. But And there's other people out there. And that's kind of the unfortunate thing about the military uh, to kind of go a little bit of sidetrack with uh, how they look down on women, you know, how they take advantage of women. Since I was raised by a woman, by, by a woman I have a lot of respect for women. Um, so I can't stand a lot of this old... The, the sexual harassment and stuff like that, and just trying to keep women on the hush. Uh, but they're trying to do that stuff to her. Fortunately, she defended herself, but they made her life a living hell. One of the things that really stuck with me uh, is they tried everything to like ruin her career, to get her kicked out dishonorably. And when she was pregnant with my first son, her master sergeant, which uh, my wife is like 5'4 or so or not, and a uh, very small thing. And uh, her master sergeant was like 240 plus pounds, like six foot. And you know how the Marine Corps, I don't know how the army is, but we have martial arts. We got to do martial arts training all the time. They body slammed the hell out of her when she was pregnant with my son in the name of training. But they did it out of spite. They did it the fact that she supposedly put them through hell. All she wanted to do was just be with me. Like, 
just to be married to me or to date me or to just be to, be together. And they made her life a living freaking hell. So I'm grateful for her for the fact that she took that for me. Uh, but, you know, I always had that that resentment, that burning, like if I ever see them. But, you know, it's, it's just it's just karmic debt that I'm not trying to build. So the past is past. Fortunately, I have three beautiful kids. My son came out <laughs> normal. He's fine. So, but yeah, when they told me, when she told me that they body slammed her when she was uh, pregnant, yeah, that did something to me. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a journey. Well, we're glad that you uh, you're going 15 years strong and uh, you know setting a good example, of course, right? I mean, 15 years is, Brandon. What what are you at? I'm I'm at almost 10 in my marriage. Uh, so I've been married 13, but my wife and okay. I have been together for going on 22 years in October. So you got us both beat, Alex. 15. <laughs> hey. That's awesome, man, that you guys are uh, overcoming all the hurdles together. But that's really what marriage is, right? It's There's a lot of ups and downs. And uh, I, don't, I don't know anyone really who has a Cinderella story. So I think that's that's what people, you know, are, are given this false expectation. But, you know, it's real life still. And you're, now you're doing it with another person. So you guys have to lock arms and get through it together um but i wanted to i wanted to segue off of marriage and go into um you know fitness is obviously such, such a huge part of your life um it's helped you in your own recovery but also to help kind of transform other people's lives but i think for a lot of guys out there it's almost intimidating right like where do i start uh if i go to the gym you know people are gonna make fun of me because i can barely lift the weight you know like there's a lot of psychology that goes into maybe someone having a lot of barriers to get started. So what is your advice for, uh, you know, maybe guys out there who don't have a lot of fitness knowledge or, or diet knowledge, any of that kind of stuff, um, but they genuinely want to get started, but they're just kind of reeling because they don't know where to start. It's kind of like this is saying in the Marine Corps, it's like know yourself and see self-improvement. Self I mean, know your flaws, identify your flaws, identify what is it that's making you unhappy. Or if you don't like the way that you look, you got to first make an analysis of your of your physical attributes. Right. If you're if you're overweight or if you have a, you make poor choices, you have poor mindset. You have to one acknowledge that you need help, that you have flaws and put pride and ego aside as a man and say, you know what, I'm messing up right now. I need to I need to change my life. Uh, Two, you have to make the decision that enough is enough, that you need to change. Most importantly, especially as a father, that again, it's not about you. It's about them. It's about your family, it's about your people. So what image and what example are you leaving them? So you have to make the decision that I need to change my life. Now, a lot of people have this intimidating, they're, they're intimidated by going to the gym because they don't know what to do. I completely, under, completely understand that. I didn't even know it was a real thing that people had these fears going into the gym um, probably because they're afraid of getting judged or criticized. Most of that is in your own head. You think that people are going to judge you. They're going to criticize you. Most people are like myself. I go to the gym and it's like nobody's in the gym. Like the world is off. Like I'm just there going ham. I'm in my, in my, in my thoughts. I'm listening to whatever I'm listening to. So all these fears, they're, they're not even true. It's, it's kind of like anxiety. Anxiety is anticipation or fear of something that hasn't even happened yet. So you're telling yourself all these things that supposedly might happen and then you find out they never happen. So you have to get out of your own way and understand that nobody's going to judge you. And if they do, they're only projecting their own fears and insecurities onto you. So forget about the noise. Like me, I'm a person that I post whatever, I say whatever. I really don't care what people think about me. I'm not out here to get anybody's approval, whether they like me or not. I'm not a person that stabs anybody in the back. I am very supportive. I'm, I'm, I see myself as a really good friend. But 
I'm not desperate for people to be my friends. Like, you know, I'm not desperate for people to approve of me. And I think people have to have that stance because you have to distance yourself. You have to understand your own worth and your own value and never lower your standard for anybody. If you are surrounded with a certain group of people, you don't have to lower your standards to meet theirs. They have to raise their standards to meet yours. And that all comes with you holding yourself to a higher standard. Know your worth, know who you are, know what you want out of life and block out anything that is not aligned with that. So when you go to the gym, when you have all these fears, just get in there. Just get in there, overcome that negative self-talk. Just get in there, take one step and then a next step. And then just keep doing that over and over after you've also asked for help. If you can't do it by yourself, obviously ask for help. So that's one of the things that I um, I do in my during my coaching and my programs. I build people a solid program with the workouts, videos, you know, they, they communicate with me on the app, you know, any questions, no matter what time, I'm available all the time. I basically live on my phone. So I'm accessible all the time through text or on the app and then nutrition as well, all that stuff. But if you have all these questions that you don't ask, then you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. So you got to overcome all these negative things that, again, they're not even real. You just have to understand who you are, what you want to get done, and just take action. Action is everything. Again, action is gratitude is action. So, yeah, just get out of your own way. We, we get so caught up on, on our thoughts, and most of the stuff is not even real. And that, that comes with territory. You got to know who's around you. Because a lot of people will feed you that negative stuff and try to try to discourage you. They say, oh, yeah, no, they care about me. They care about me. Well, the reality is a lot of people want you to be successful. They just don't want you to be more successful than they are. So you're going to have to watch your circle. Yeah. Now, how do you stay motivated on days when working out is like the last thing that you want to do? Man, I think working out is the only thing I want to do. Um, I don't think that there's any day that for the, I really try not to have any days off. Like ever since I started my program, I started my program October 3rd, 2022. And I have not missed a workout ever since we've done a lot of traveling. We've been to Dominican Republic. We've been up and down the United States, going to different places, no matter where I go, even if it's not weight training, I'll drop and do like 500 push-ups and do some burpees. Like I have to get that workout because that negative self-talk is always present. There's always going to be something that's going to lower your frequency. That's going to be like your poor choice. It's going to be just anger. It's going to be just whatever, moment of frustration, whether it be somebody on the highway that pisses you off. Like you have to release that. Rather than releasing it into other people, I'd rather just absorb that, just release it to that workout. Like I'm going to make sure I'm going to I'm gonna make this happen. Like I'm going to work out no matter how long it's going to take me. I make it non-negotiable. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I think the flu hit me. And it was it was it was brutal for me, man. I had to take a day off because it literally felt like I, hit, I got hit by a truck. But then it felt I felt like that for like a week and a half, almost two weeks. But even with that feeling, I still went to the gym. I didn't put up as much weight, but I had to take at least one day off uh, in the past since like October. So I, I have to do this, bro. Like I really have to go to the gym every day. And it's because, again, your conscience is always going to throw something at you. It's going to be positive. It could be negative. Uh, and obviously we respond to our environment, what we hear, what we see. And I have, a, I'm a very intense person. Sometimes I'm in the drive, uh, just driving on the highway. If somebody does something wrong. I'm really, like, you know, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, fitness is, fitness is a must for me, man. So I, I, everybody, just, that's the healthiest way to overcome anything negative, you know, rather than breaking something that's just acting out on impulse and breaking something and doing all that stuff. We've, we've all done it. We've all had moments like that where we want to throw something and, uh, it's just it's just foolish of us to do that. I think fitness is everything. 
you know, when you work on yourself and again, you, you release that in a, in a positive way, then you start seeing your body responding. You're seeing, oh crap, you know, like I'm actually getting somewhere. So now you're triggering all these yeah. positive emotions and positive emotions that just hold yourself to a standard. Like I mentioned earlier, a schedule, like almost robotic. Like I have to get this done. Like you just develop that discipline over time. Yeah. Part of it too is like getting comfortable with telling other people no. Yeah. You know, for, for some for some reason that's like a really difficult thing for a lot of people. But you know, I have to travel a lot for work, and you know, people say, "Here, eat this or whatever, or drink that." I'm like, "No, no, thanks." You know, and they'll be like, "Well, why not?" And I'm like, "Well, I got to go work out when we're done with our meeting or whatever." You know, what I mean, like, they're like, "You have to work out. Why?" You know, and it's kind of just like I don't need to explain it to everyone. You don't have to. Right? That's like you were saying earlier, right? You, not not to be rude, but you just. Not everyone deserves an explanation from you, right? And I love how you said they've got to meet your standards. So if there's someone who's clearly not going to meet your standard, like rise up to yours, it's not worth you like over-investing and trying to explain to that person why you have this path for yourself, you know? Um, and you could be reality too, man, no matter what you do. Like you could be freaking Mother Teresa right. and people are still going to judge you. Exactly. Yeah, people are still going to judge. It doesn't matter if you're doing good. There's always going to be somebody that disapproves your choices. At the, end, at the end of the day, you have to just like, you know what? Screw you, dude. Like this is, you don't pay my bills. You don't feed my family. Right. You don't do nothing for me. Oh, dude, you think you're better than us because you're going to work out? Right now, I'm making a better choice than you for sure. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I'm, I choose to value myself and this is the standard that I hold myself and I can never lower it. For anybody period including you and i say that I, I, I admit it i say that to my family as well i don't have room for negativity like i talk to my mom as well like if i have a discussion with my mom and she like says something that pisses me off i just tell her straight up like i don't need your stuff right now you know what i'm saying like i don't need to hear this negativity because you don't understand what i had to overcome back in the september to october you don't know what I went through. You don't know why, like I almost took myself out. So the thing is like, I cannot live in, in an environment right now where all I'm listening is to negativity. I am a source of support for sure. If people come up to me and they say, Alex, I need your opinion. They want to vent to me with their life's problem. Sure, I'll listen to it and I'll try to give you a solution, but I'm going to question you at first. Okay, you telling me this, what is it for? Do you want my approval or can I give you a solution? Like, what, is, what are you trying to do? Because there's people that I've talked to in the past that their life is just miserable. Every single day, just complaining, 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 complaining. I cannot do that because it just transfers of energy. It's kind of like the law of attraction. You walk out on the street, you smile at somebody. Somebody's going to smile back if they're a nice person. Well, if you're listening to somebody who's negative, that negative energy just gets transferred to you and it kind of messes up your whole day. So I try yeah. to avoid a lot of that negativity. Well, it's, it's almost like you know someone who's that negative or they're almost like addicted to their negativity. You know, and deep down, they probably want to break free of it, but they just they're like trapped. Right. But um, it's like they need other people to to sink down with them so that they feel less bad about themselves because it's like, oh, well, there's other people down here with me. Right. As opposed to trying to figure out how to climb out of the hole. They want other people to just like be down there with them. So, yeah, and that's you got to kind of set those lines, especially with family. That gets really difficult. Um, that's something I've had to work through in my own life, too. Um, but it's massively important when you're trying to, you know, you have to have that clear vision for your purpose and your goal. And you, you're a husband, you're a father, you have responsibilities that are greater than anything else in the world. And you've got to have absolute commitment to that. So, you know, if people are going to be offended by it, then let them be offended because at the end of the day, you're going to answer for how you raised your kids and how you treated your wife and everything else is second to that. So, um, 
I, re- I really love how much you're just driving that point home of accountability and just hard charging on your purpose. Um, I would like to ask if you just had one piece of advice for dads, what would it be? If I had one piece of advice, or if uh, they only took one one thing away from this, what would it be? I think something that that sinks to me is our duty, our responsibility as a father and as a husband, and that is to create the man that we admire in every possible way and just offer that individual to the world. And that's something that my mentor says repeatedly, and it stuck with me because we have that responsibility. We chose to start a family. We chose to have kids. So now you have a duty to be the best version of you. And it's not just being present, like just be there, take your kids to the park and stuff like that. That's not really what a father you know, does all the time. It's not just taking your kids to the park and just buy them toys. It's also what kind of role model they're looking at. And that goes in conjunction with fitness because if they see you and you just like have this like big old gut and you have all these poor choices, what do you think they're going to emulate? What do you think they're going to copy? So being a father, being a present father is not just, it's, you got to be present, of course, be supportive, you know, be there, be somebody that supports them and listen, lifts them up and whatnot. But you also have to be the role model in your own physical appearance. If they see you taking care of yourself, they're going to take care of themselves. They're going to prioritize that as well. So, and I've seen families like, man, that they have made, both parents made poor choices and then the kids look exactly the same. You know what I mean? So it's, that's what, to me, if I could give any advice is just know your worth and just create the individual that you admire, like work on the person that you want to be and just start now. Like, don't make any excuses. Don't listen to people who don't support your dream. Be, be okay to tell people to, you know, screw off, you know, be okay to get a little hate. But people just get stuck on approval, on everybody's approval. It's like, man, these people don't owe you nothing. You don't owe nobody anything. You owe the people in your circle, in your home, the best version of you. And you have to just cut out any self-doubt, any any fear, because fear is an illusion. Fear is something that we just tell ourselves. It's not even real. It's not even real. I don't think fear is real as something that, you know, could really deter you from being successful unless you let it. You know what I mean? It's it's something that you accept. Like, you know what? Okay, I'm afraid. And I said, I'm hold. I'm afraid to fail. I'm afraid to to be judged. I'm afraid to this. Like, if you overcome that and understand that, one, again, you don't owe nobody anything. Like, you just become fearless. And you have to appreciate life for what it is. And people take life for granted. People think they're going to live forever. You have to understand your choices every single day and just value your life by cutting out everything that doesn't make you, it's not healthy or isn't contributing to your purpose. And you live a more fulfilling life that way. But you have to be willing to understand what your own value and your own worth is. Yeah. I, li- I like that a lot of, you know, be the be the man that you, like, that you would follow, right? I- I've got a-, a friend that his challenge to men is always be the best man your wife has ever known, right? It's like, be that guy and hold yourself to that standard and inevitably you're not going to be perfect right you're going to you're going to fall off here and there but if, if you keep guiding towards that vision you're you're going in the right direction right so i love that man that's good brandon i think you had a question yeah yeah so now that you've turned you know your life around and and you've you've become quite successful and structured what are your goals for the future um is there anything from your past that influences these goals i think my goals uh is just to serve as many people as possible, you know, to live a, a, a purposeful life, 
don't waste any minute. You know what I mean? I think it, like, again, this is a lot of people take this for granted. This has been an opportunity. I've been in multiple car accidents. I've, you know, experienced stuff in deployment and a lot of people just don't really pay attention to those experiences. So I take all these things that has happened to me and I understand that this is a gift. Our body, this one vessel is a gift. Our life as a whole is a gift. Our family is a gift. We don't really deserve anything. Anything, everything is coming from a higher place. We were chose, we're chosen to, you know, to have these things. And again, there's people who could be in a worse position than we are, but you have to be grateful for what you are, for what you have and who you are, but always strive for more, always strive to be better, to have more, to just live, live full, like Les Brown says, live full, die empty, just maximize as much as possible this one shot at life that you have. So my goal is just to help as many people as possible overcome these things, overcome this negative self-talk, overcome the addictions, overcome the, the suicidal thoughts, depression, the anxiety, all these things that a lot of people just absorb and they just kind of get stuck in that. Know that you're not alone. Know that it's not just you and know that there are people who have overcome that. It could show you exactly how. And that's what I needed to do. I needed to put that pride aside. I need to put my ego aside. Understand I cannot do this alone. So I seek for help. And it's been the best decision of my life. Now I want to be that source of inspiration. Now I want to be that vessel for other people and turn their life around because it can be done. But you have to start by acknowledging your own flaws and making a decision that enough is enough. Right. You talk about self-talk a lot. Um, this is something I've kind of used my whole life. So I'm curious on like what your thoughts are. You, you're, so you said negative self-talk a lot, right? I think everyone yeah. knows what that is. Do you replace that with like positive self-talk, you know, personal affirmations or you know, what, what is your strategy around that? Because I think that's something that a lot of people actually take for granted is that the way you talk to yourself influences so much of how you perform in the outside world in, in, in anything, whether it's being a parent, husband, your job, whatever. Yeah. So you got to replace those negative. I mean, they're always present. They're always going to be there. There's always going to be something trying to pick, you know, to kind of keep you uh, stagnant or don't do this, don't do that. You have to replace it with, with a desired goal. You have to replace it with something that you want to get done. And what I do is a lot of affirmations. I tell myself, I'm going to do this. Like I get this done, but I speak to myself as already in possession of it rather than operating from lack, rather than operating from scarcity. Because most people operate from scarcity. I don't have this. I don't have that. Even though they want more, when they operate from scarcity, it kind of deters them because it hasn't been manifested yet. So you have to speak to yourself and believe it wholeheartedly within yourself that you are already in possession. It's all just kind of like a mental programming. Uh, it's more of a, a spiritual thing, so to speak, and just in commun communication with with the universe. Most people don't understand that. Most people don't understand what the law of attraction, but it's something that takes time to overcome, especially somebody like me, we're very intense and had a lot of all these crazy thoughts. I had to work on myself. I had to do a little bit more of that inner, inner work. And that's just being, you know, with myself and just kind of meditate. I do practice a lot of med meditation. And for me, uh, there are no limitations. There are no limitations, but anything that, but the ones that we put in our own mind. So you are in full control of your life. You are in control. You're not in control of what happens to you, but you are definitely in control of how you respond to that. Yeah. And so when you say, you know, kind of speaking it in the way that it that uh, you're going to be in possession of it, it's not like a up in the air. So I'll, I'm just trying to understand and help the listeners understand. Like a personal example, when I was competing in sports, um, you know, I would tell myself hundreds of times a day, like I'm going to win that tournament 
you know, spe the specific event I'm working towards, I'm going to win it. And so like, there wasn't even a thought that I would lose when I got there. Right. I wasn't, I had no fear of defeat or any of that kind of stuff. Like I, I believed wholeheartedly when I stepped into the mat, like I was going to be successful. Is that kind of what you're talking about is, is having kind of conditioning yourself almost that this is my goal. This is my objective. I'm going to do it. And just repeating that over and over. And, and is, is that what you mean? Or is it something different? Kind of cut off a little bit. Uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, th so when I was like competing in sports, you know, I would, I would convince myself by just repeating over and over and over in my head, you know, every morning, every night, like I'm going to win that tournament. Um, is that what you mean by that self-talk of that you're going to manifest it or is it something different? I think it is with the law of attraction. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, when we first moved to North Carolina, we had made an offer at a home, uh, uh, this one house that we saw. And uh, we made an offer on it. We came to North Carolina. We saw the house and it just didn't feel right. We didn't like it. It was kind of small. But there was another house in the community and my wife saw it. And my wife started practicing that by saying, that house will be mine. Somebody's going to back out of that house. It will be mine. And it will have this amount of acreage, this square footage or whatever. And funny enough, that's exactly the house that we ended up getting. Like the people who had already made an offer at that house, they backed out. So it's just speaking things into existence as if it's it's going to happen for you and it's it's already yours. Because if, when you detach, when you say, I wish the house would be mine, I hope the house would be mine, you're already operating from lack. Like it's not really there. So why should the universe grant you that? It's not, you're looking at it as like, oh, it's not mine. It's it's It could be mine, but it, we don't know. You have to speak it. Yeah, it's like wishy-washy. It's not. There's no committal, or it's not committed. Yeah. Yeah. When you speak it as if it's already mine, you're already sending signals to the universe in a positive form. It is mine. It has been written. It is set in stone. It is mine. So it also triggers a positive emotion to you, and the universe is not going to reward something operating from lack. You have to be positive. You have to be sending man. You know, in order to manifest it. However, right. That doesn't mean just sit down and just write. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. No, you right, have to right. take action as well. So it, it's also in conjunction. I don't want people to misrepresent that, that the law of attraction is just speaking it out loud that it is mine. Like you have to take action, but you operating from a positive note. You're going to chase it. Your, ad, your attitude is going to change. You know, your, your perspective on life is going to change. And it all comes with visualization as well. You have to visualize things because it yeah. also triggers a positive emotion. You are in direct connect, connection with the universe. And these are things a lot of people really don't understand, but it'll take time. It, it takes time for people to really grasp that. But it's it's all being in alignment with with the universe and who you want, who you are, who you want to be, and the things that you want to create for your life. Some things take time, but you also have to be patient. It's not just gonna poof into your life. You have to create yeah. the individual worthy of having those things, and that takes a little bit of time. It takes days. It takes months. It could take a year. But it doesn't matter because one day you could get. Let's say if you're thinking about a certain house, and you describe it in a book or or on a Anywhere, you, this is the house that I want to have. This is the, ha the car that I want to have. This is the life that I want to have. It could be 10, 15 years on the line. And then one day it'll just happen. You'll start thinking back, hey, man, I remember when I wrote that. I remember when I had that. But it is better to, you know, act accordingly right now, acting as if you already have it, creating that positive individual within yourself, than completely operating from lack. Lack is all you'll have. Right. You know what I'm saying? It'll just trigger that negative, you know, emotion in yourself and just your demeanor will change with that. Yeah. So do you have your kids practice positive self-talk for, you know, well, obviously not your three-year-old, but the, the yeah. older ones, do you have them do it for, you know, sports or school or, or different activities that they participate in? 
Yeah, for both of them, I'll give you an example. Um, for my eight-year-old, he's uh, very passionate about soccer, very passionate about soccer. And uh, before the games, like I'll have him listen to like uh, Till I Collapse by Eminem, right? So I have him like listen to this, like he's just jamming. And next to him in the room, uh, in his room, he has a picture of Ronaldo, like celebrating a goal. You know, you know who Ronaldo is, like one of the top players in the world, either that or Messi. But like he has a picture of Ronaldo, he's, and he's looking at it. And while he's listening to the song, he's looking at the picture and I'm talking to him like, this is you. Picture yourself with that uniform. Picture yourself celebrating in the middle of a stadium, them calling your name. My son's name is Dominic. Everybody would be like, Dominic, Dominic. And you see his his, his uh, demeanor change. Like he's, re he's staring at the picture. Like I literally walk out of the room for like 10 minutes. I come back and he's still looking at the picture, but he's listening to the songs, listening to the thing and just kind of visualizing all these different things that he would be there. Like he would be this, this player. And then he, he comes back from school that same day or the next day, he draws a picture of himself with his favorite team uh, uniform on, with his number and his name in the middle of a stadium. So he's already visualizing, you know, himself being a professional and playing, you know, at a professional level. And after that, after we have him rehearse all this, you know, uh, visualization stuff, all these motivational stuff, he went on a game. Uh, he had a game that day, and they scored like seven to nothing. And he scored right. like two or three of them. He's he's an absolute savage. So we do practice meditation and visualization and uh, the law of attraction with our kids. And it's worked for us. It's definitely working for them. So it's something that I'm grateful we learned. And I think people should yeah. kind of uh, – it may seem kind of foolish, but people really need to start applying that to their lifestyle. I don't think it's foolish at all. I mean, I did it my whole life growing up in sports, and I do it with a lot of different things. And um, it's almost like – by convincing yourself that it's a possibility, you just naturally gravitate towards the things you need to do to make it happen, right? It's so whether it's a universe or all these other things, you know, you, you can get into these philosophical conversations, but it's when it comes down to just you, it's like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And then you naturally start taking those steps. And if, if you're kind of like you said, from a place of like, well, maybe it's a possibility, well, you don't believe that it is. You know, deep down, exactly. you don't really believe it. So you're not going to take the action to make it occur. So it could be getting a house. It could be a sport. It could be a job. It could be anything in the world. But if you if you embrace that positive mentality, um, yeah, it may sound a little silly, but that's what successful people do. And I, I mean, I've talked to a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds and the ones who are pretty much across the board, uh, you know, way above average, they do that. They have mental self-talk and habits like that where they're um you know kind of shedding the negativity and focusing on what's good and so like what i love about the example with your son is you're kind of shattering the pr we, we we put ourselves in like boxes a lot right like oh well you know i'm just a kid from this place or whatever i i could never have that because of you know my background or i'm not skilled enough or something but with what you were doing there in that example you're just completely taking him out of that box and like he believes that it is a possibility now and it is something he could do. So it's almost like completely shifting, you know, it's, it's doing the whole 180 on how most people view things, which I love. So that's a very practical example. Dads take that and use it with your kids um, to help them conquer and overcome. And uh, you know, that, that that's skill set they can take throughout all of life. So um, Alex, I wanted to let you kind of talk about where people can find you, how to follow you, um, how to reach out to you if they want to, you know, get engaged with you, uh, for coaching. And, um, so here, let me pull up your, 
uh, your profile, but why don't you talk through where the best place is to find you and how to reach you? Uh, they can find me at my Instagram page, diesel underscore fit zero three. I think the zero three is just my MOS in the Marine Corps uh, infantry. So I just came up with that and I was available, but they can find me there. They're actually, you know, struggling with anything. You know, fitness is obviously a very important thing. I think fitness for us ever since we we're a little kid, we want to be like the, the bodybuilders and the wrestlers that we saw back in the day, the WWE and stuff like that. So it's something that as a boy, young boy, we all wanted to be. So my advice, again, is something that I recommend. If anybody want to connect with me, just come find me over there. Uh, send me a DM or they're more than, you know, uh, more than capable of just giving me a call or texting me as well. My number is 607-220-3032. Uh, they can connect with me in any way possible. If you're struggling with any, any of that negative self-talk, you have some physical flaws, you have some nutritional flaws, or you're just having a mindset, understand that it's okay, that you're not alone, and that you could definitely change that. But you have to first recognize that you do have flaws and put that pride and that macho stuff aside because at the end of the day, it's not I'm always going to repeat this. It's not really about us. It's about the people and the, you know, our children. So what example are we going to set for them? And that is that is the reason why I created that page and just kind of be a source of uh, positivity for people. And that's my calling in this life, just to be a source and just be of servitude to anybody who needs help. But uh, yeah, they can find me at that on my Instagram and just connect with me and I'll be more than glad to help out. Awesome. All right. Well, Alex, thank you for your time, man. Really love your uh, transparency and motivation. And uh, I'm going to keep looking at your uh, Instagram before I work out so I can lift a little bit heavier. And uh, maybe one, not maybe one day, I'm going to look like you one day. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. No, no, there's no, there's no lacking here, right? We're going to full, full send. So we should definitely get on and do a burpee session on Zoom, bro. Yeah, <laughs> man. Burpees are brutal. Burpees are brutal. I, I gotta be honest, since leaving active duty, I don't do a lot of burpees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Alex, I, I have to say, man, I appreciate your passion and uh, you, you seem to be a, a wonderful human being. So thank you for you know telling us about your journey. And um, you, you know, it, it takes a lot to come out and show people how to be successful from failure. So that's a, that's a beautiful thing. We appreciate it. I appreciate you for having me. I appreciate that. Thank you course man all right well look him up alex camano diesel underscore fit zero three on instagram and uh, alex it's been a pleasure man all right dads enough talk get climbing we'll see you in the next one thanks. thanks for tuning in to this episode of the present fathers podcast make sure that you subscribe to our youtube channel and follow us on spotify to catch all of our amazing episodes we will see you in the next one